Hi, welcome to Enter the Chat podcast, where we talk about anime, video games, and all things nerdy. I'm Kwa. And I'm Siri. And let's enter the chat. Yeah, we can just start. I don't feel like welcoming people. Welcome to the. <laughs> welcome he doesn't want to welcome you guys. That's so rude. I mean, they're not here, so it's okay. But they're going to be here in spirit. Not if you cut it out. I'm going to keep it in. <laughs> what have you been up to? I'm sitting here scratching my head. <laughs> what have I been doing? Um. I mean, you you you, you took some time off. I did. I did. Yeah, I, um, uh, okay. Yeah. Cause it, it ties in. Okay. So just a disclaimer, not disclaimer, but this episode is about PAX online, which is like a week, a week and a half, two weeks long. Yeah. By the time you hear this recording, PAX should be over. Yeah. PAX online. But so Qua just asked me what that I just took some time off. And yes, I took, I took two days off from work and I tied it into a weekend so i had a four-day weekend essentially where i unplugged i stayed away from my phone i didn't get on my pc or and i had my laptop because i was catching up on anime and stuff so i can talk about that in a second but uh, i missed a part of pax because of this me weekend I, I like to do me weekends where i focus on myself and do whatever I want to do, no obligations of work or projects or anything. Not that I don't love, you know, the stuff that I do, but, you know, I, I don't want to hit that burnout stage because then that leads to depression that leads to other things. So I, it's a way for me to keep myself in check. And I highly recommend it. People think I'm weird because I take whole weekends for myself, but sometimes you really do need that stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, so what I did, I watched... I finished Sword Art Online season three, the the Alicization. The first part? The first part? Yes. Before it goes into the War of the Underworlds. Okay. okay. They actually so we... don't have that dub yet. Oh, they don't? I thought they did. No, they don't. Because I, I, was, I was intending on finishing it, but then I heard Japanese. And I was like, oh, maybe it just reset itself to Japanese. Like, nope. This oh, is Japanese. Okay. So I watched up to that point and I'm not going to give spoilers, but I, I think last time we talked, I said that it was hard for me to kind of stay engaged until maybe that fourth or fifth episode. And then from there, oh my gosh, it, like it just it went was, uphill, right? It just went uphill from there. No, this totally could have been a different anime because no spoilers here, but it got so graphic. Mm -hmm. it, it was just so bloody. A lot of emotions. Blood, yeah, well, yeah, bloody emotions and manipulation and the 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 big bad bitch, she was just like half, she was naked most of the time. And I was just like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> right. I forgot about that. <laughs> I was, well, there's this one episode, I'm not going to say what happens, but I was just so upset that she manipulated somebody. And I was like. <laughs> well, to but, be fair, I, she kind of had a cheat. <laughs> right she had a cheat yeah that's what i would like to call it i'm squinting my eyes because i'm trying to 
think of where he was going with that answer. <laughs> I mean, she's kind of powerful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it goes into the history when you meet the the cardinal character, she kind of explains everything that happened that uh, that happened up until that point in that realm or mm-hmm. that spiritual virtual world. So you learn a lot about the 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 main villainess. So I watched that and then I watched the Kyoto Saga of Blue Exorcist. Is that the the movie? No, it's 12 episodes. Oh, I don't think I've seen that then. That's like a new Is that a new season, I guess? Well, see, it's the that's the weird thing. I I remember back in the back not back in the day, not too long ago. When I st- when I first watched Blue Exorcist, my best friend and I, uh, we watched it together on Rabbit TV. And then it stopped at a certain point because there was no dub. And so Netflix released the dub. And so I got excited. And so I started watching it. But then there were, the first few episodes, I was like, I've seen this before. Mm-hmm. What's going on? I, and so, yeah. I think it did the, the whole Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood thing, right? Kind of like how the manga couldn't catch up to the anime. So the anime just created its own story. If I remember correctly, uh, I don't remember. I it's been so long since I watched Blue Exorcist the first part, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah, this one was this one was fine. I was live texting her the whole time, and I feel so bad. <laughs> I blew up her phone, like, oh my god, this happened! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I think that's what it is. I'll I have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure they they did the FMA Brotherhood treatment with the series. It would not be once... shocking, yeah. Mm-hmm. So once they the my, the manga caught up. Uh, they did like a rehash of it. So the Kyoto saga. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the last thing I watched, I caught up on my millionaire detective subbed. I'm watching mm-hmm. it subbed. Wow. So proud. <laughs> yeah. And they actually came out. They have an English dub for the first episode. And I just wanted to see who was in it. And Lamillion, he plays the main, my, my, my favorite guy, Haru Kato. Mm-hmm. So is he yes. the millionaire detective? No. Oh, that would have been funny. Lamillion playing the millionaire detective, right? Oh, <laughs> that would have been funny. I think the <laughs> the the English dub voice actor for the millionaire detective, his name is uh, Daisuke Kambe. He I think he's a relatively new voice actor because I went to his behind the voice actors page and he only has like two or three roles under his belt. So that's pretty awesome. A new talent coming out every day. Yeah. But anyway, those were the three things I watched on my time off amongst, you know, I, I did okay. some painting and I finally finished Persona 5. I don't know why I didn't lead with that first. Yeah, I don't know why either. I was like, that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> so how many hours was it again? Did it take you? Well, I was going to say, so for those of you listening, because Qua knows as he's been on part of my journey with this, uh, I got Persona 5, just the regular, not Royal. I got it in 2018 when i started streaming it and then i did not touch it for at least a year and a half i started playing it again last year and then i took another break until i was recovering from my surgery and that's when i i literally started from the first castle and then got so far ahead i spent so much time playing this game while i was like i couldn't do anything and then I started streaming it on my Twitch channel for a while, but then I'm on a hiatus again. And then I finally sat down and played it. I finished it. 
and the total so hours proud. I've spent, I spent 165 hours and 31 minutes. <laughs> it's quite a lot, actually. Yeah. It is. And it that doesn't is. even count when you like go back on your saves. <laughs> what do you mean? Did you ever go back on your saves? No. When we go back on my saves. So let's say you, uh, you, you lost a fight or something, and did you like go back to your previous save? Because that doesn't count that oh, time that's that you true. wasted. So I've only, anything, I only died like three or four times. Can we talk about how you uh, got the bad ending? <laughs> no, let's not do that. Don't ask. <laughs> I, I almost put that game in the freezer because of that. That was funny. But I, and I got the true ending when I finished it. That's good. That's good. See? Yeah. Yeah. You, you did it. You did I it. I was honestly a little underwhelmed by the way it the progressed. Oh. No, not, not the true ending, but like when you get to the final stage and the final bosses, like I felt like I was playing Catherine. Same hmm. time. I mean, g given it, they're both made by Atlas, but I. I was just like, this is nothing new. This just feels <laughs> like Catherine. So I, there was no plot twist for me. Yeah. I know what the plot twist is supposed to be, but I was not shocked. Yeah. Well, so I feel like I'm not going to say games, what it is, though, unless we can talk once about you played it. One, you kinda, once you played one of their games, it's kind of almost like you played all of them because they all have kind of like the same character tropes. Um, yeah. I mean, even plot twists are kind of similar. The plot, you know, the plot twist is pretty. Yeah, the Potos was pretty Standard. similar to <laughs> Catherine. Yeah, so it's not too, too surprising. Even the artwork and music is pretty similar in all those across all those games. So, I mean, not too surprising I mean, if you feel underwhelmed. But, I mean, still a great game, right? You still put in yeah, a ton of hours. Yeah. It was still good. I feel like this was, like, the most strategic I've played games. Like, <laughs> Don't forget to use the gun, Siri. Oh no! I never upgraded my <laughs> my guns. Never. The only gun attack I would use is Haru's uh, one shot kill. That's it. <laughs> Nobody else had gun stuff. But okay. Yeah. Anyway, well, I talked a lot about myself. What have you been up to, Qua? <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, I haven't really done much besides work. I work really long hours, so <laughs> um, I haven't really had a chance to do too much outside. You played Among Us at one point. I did play Among Us for a bit. I was like, eh. Maybe it was the group I was with. I, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it that night. I was just not feeling good to play a social deduction game, which I'm usually really good about. Uh, right. I was it. like, you you are really yeah. good at those games on game nights for work. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Just one of those nights I was tired from work, probably, and it was getting late. And hey, just we not all feeling been there. It. I'm drinking yeah. coffee at 8.30. So. Yeah, but I mean, other than that, um, I pretty much watched a ton of the PAX online panels. Uh, yeah, while he was holding down course. the, he was holding down the fort for me, even yeah, I after even, I came back from my <laughs> me. Weekend. I even took notes. I took notes and so many. Notes. I did like a checklist. It was great, and I really had a good time just checking out the PAX panels. And we're gonna talk about that a little bit more today. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's how pretty much all I've been doing. <laughs> what do you mean? How do we do this? I don't, I don't know. There's just so much content on yeah. from PAX Online. Well, let's talk about the panels you really enjoyed listening to and kind of give like a short summary of what they did, I guess. And 
which ones you're looking forward to, which yeah. actually I realized I haven't actually listed what I'm looking forward to. There's not too many left. Yeah, I have. I, I kind of took a look at it, but we can look at it on here, too. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So on our last episode with Crunchyroll Expo virtual conference, Qual was saying that I always reminded him to tune into panels, but this time it's reversed. Yeah, I I I was like, hey Siri, are you checking out this panel? And she's like, crap, I forgot. Because <laughs> I, I too was trying to tune in while I was working, but obviously when I'm focused on work, I just I forget. And then mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know why this time I couldn't multitask because that one weekend with uh, VCRX, I was working on my not for profit stuff and I had the thing up. I guess because. Mm-hmm. I can kind of take a break from my not-for-profit and tune in, absorb information, and then go back to what I was doing. But mm-hmm. I just, I, I was really struggling to focus on this one. Well, on it was also, that was over the weekend, whereas this one's during the week for you. Um, so you didn't get to experience the weekend part of it. True. Also, why don't we um, talk a little bit about what PAX is? I don't know who actually knows what PAX is, right? I think, yeah, I think we defined it last time. It's like oh, Penny, okay. Ar- Penny Arcade and then Random X. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't looked up what the X stood for, so my bad. But uh, it's basically a video game convention. Um, well, not just video games, but all kinds of games. Indie games, board games. Um, they also have cosplayers. They also have vendors who come and sell like video game merch. Um, and they have a bunch of like testing um beta testing stuff or passes that they'll let you kind of like try out new games that haven't come out yet um but i mean with covid and everything they had to switch to a virtual convention kind of similar to country roll and this one is a little bit different because i believe it combines almost like three different pax conventions because they usually have a bunch of pax conventions all across the u.s and around the world they have one in australia brazil i think has one london London, has one yeah Mm mm-hmm yeah. Um, and, but this one specifically, I believe, combined Australia with PAX West. I'm, I think that's the other PAX that Which they kind of like. Which is usually in Seattle, right? Yeah, it's usually the one in Seattle. Um, so oh, yeah, this one was like... right. That's mm-hmm. right. It is because I went to, I went to Portland a couple years ago, and PAX West was happening that same weekend, and I oh, wow. wanted to join. I just want to drive to Seattle and go to it by myself. <laughs> but I didn't, obviously. Um, so yeah, that's that's PAX in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. I saw you went to the PAX orientation. <laughs> what? Oh, you- yeah. So PAX orientation. <laughs> that was on Saturday last week when they first started the panels. Um, and that one was just a bunch of people who have been to a lot of PAX conventions and they originally went as what's what they called convention what's a convention goer called a participant what's a convention goer called i can't remember participant no i didn't realize there was a legit term they they said a word i can't remember what it was patron Um, no uh but they there was a bunch of pax goers who have been to multiple paxes and they had started they actually started like setting up their own booths eventually down the road a couple of years later. And so they just wanted to like kind of talk about like 
if you're the first is if this is the first time you've heard of PAX or if it's the first time um, you've ever attended PAX, like what you could expect in terms of stuff you can do or people you can meet. Um, and they mostly talked about like the artist alley, like all the different merchandise that you can go check out and play or uh, they all they talked a lot about the the indie game corner, like wherever the indie game are set up those are really fun for them they said they said those are usually the most memorable games besides like the big triple a titles and stuff and the board game section they said is always a lot of fun and i would agree with all the points they had basically it's just a great way to meet people and the one thing they said that they really missed but didn't really miss at the same time were definitely the pax lines yeah that's <laughs> yeah. definitely so the- a pro yeah, it's a pro and a con if you think about it. Um, I mean, it is a because, con. Yeah. So, I mean, lines are terrible. Um, pack lines are extremely long. I've I've waited in a couple to get things. But the cool thing about it is you get to talk and meet with all the people that are in line with you. And sometimes you can make a new friend. So definitely, I would there. say it's pros and cons. But that's what they, they said. They miss it and don't miss it at the same time. And that was like one of the things. It's like they, a love-hate relationship type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I also attended the Penny Arcade Q&A with Mike Hulick and Jerry Holkins. For people who don't know, uh, Mike and Jerry are pretty big names in Penny Arcade. Um, They're both employees of Penny Arcade, of course. But they also, uh, Mike is, apparently I I didn't know about this, but he is a webcomic artist for uh, the Penny Arcade webcomic with Jerry Holkins as a co-author, I guess. I don't know if Jerry draws himself, but I think he writes the material and the jokes and stuff. And they're both really funny guys. Uh, they both do the the Penny Arcade D&D campaign that they run every every PAX convention. Towards the end of the event, they usually have a D&D campaign adventure that they do at night. And it's just really hilarious. And that's actually going to be tonight as well in an hour and a half so i'll be tuning in to check that out and it's just a <laughs> lot of fun especially for people who don't know how D is played or if you're if you think it's like really boring because it's like a bunch of dice oh, rolling this and is the skills. comic one you told me about that yeah the what you told me about this one where it's like comedy with D or these comics yeah so it's just they're super trolly um they're very sarcastic and they make a ton of jokes and they just have a lot of fun with each other while playing D. so it doesn't seem like you know you're just around the table and casting spells or whatever no they actually have like a whole like comedic value to it and you kind of see their personalities kind of show out show off and stuff um and it's almost like a cult when i went to the one in uh pack south uh in san antonio in january uh everybody had these like inside jokes they had with the audience and i had no idea what was going on but (laughs) i i had a lot of fun just watching people do it um at one point they were yelling yellow cheese uh and green flame and i was like what is going on <laughs> um but th- those are just inside jokes uh based on like things they do inside the campaign and it carries on throughout uh all the different packs they they all the story connects um sometimes they'll bring in guests from different packs whoever's available to join the join the adventure and they go on different quests or whatever and it's just it's just a lot of fun uh i actually when i went home from back south i actually looked up more of their D campaign adventures um it's all it's on youtube 
uh, Acquisitions Incorporated is what it's called. And I watched it and it goes back for a couple of years and they also have like a podcast showing it all. And then Mike, I realized draws the the animated version of the adventures. And I didn't know that until his notes, his notes on our Excel sheet literally says today I learned Mike draws. (laughs) Yeah. And I realized he draws the Penny Arcade comics and all the the acquisitions incorporated art is all him. Nice, nice. Oh, man. Well, I like that they had an orientation to kind of... I'm sure VCRX did too, but I guess I was just like, eh. Mm-hmm. I'll just figure it out on my own. But I I will I will com- compliment cons doing that, that they explain what you can do because it is a new virtual landscape to attend a con. So mm. there's a lot of possibilities. Yeah, and they were doing these all on Twitch. Um, they had three different channels where they just had three different panels running at the same time, and they would all have different discords going on so that you can make comments or talk to the, the cast while you're, or the panel while you're watching them. Yeah, and they had commercials in between sessions about with indie games being shown and different charity, like Generosity, I saw a few times. Oh, yeah. and Child's Play. A lot of Child's Play was oh, going I was on. Just, I, was, I was just thinking, like, I, I wanted to say Child's Play, but I don't remember specifically what their commercial was. But I did watch a lot of their panels. When yeah, I came so out. Mike and Jerry are actually the, the co-founders for Child's Play. There's, they actually had, like, a little history lesson of how they, they got into Child's Play. And I think, if I recall, they wanted to get rid of the stigma that video games is all about violence and everything. So they wanted to provide games to hospitals around the world or around the U.S. I don't know if it's around the world. Yeah. Um, to kids to show that video games can be a good thing and bring joy to children around the world. That plays into the probably the one panel that I truly resonated with. And not that I didn't for the other ones I watched, but this one really stuck with me. It was it was on it was. What day was this? Yesterday. Good lord. It was yesterday uh, called Video Games for Self-Care, Child's Play, and NPD. I don't know what NPD is. But mirroring what Quadra said that their charity is about, the the guys, they went through different types of conditions like anxiety, pain, boredom, or depression, and they assigned games that they think would help with those conditions. And for example, so I have anxiety. And so I was particularly listening to what games they were recommending people with anxiety play. And one of those games was the untitled goose game, (laughs) which I've never played, but it looked, it looks really obnoxious, (laughs) but I mean, they had other games too, like for uh, pain they said to play Tetris or Overcooked 2 or Mario Kart. I think it was Mario Kart. Ooh. I don't know about that Overcooked. It's stressful. I don't I don't know. They said like <laughs> like puzzle games kind of get your brain working or something like that. But anyway, they they went through these different types of conditions supplemented with what games would work well and why. Like what factors of these game what like mechanics of these games help you. And then to close it all out after their hour-long session, they provided a link to a PDF guide, which they also give to children's hospitals, which mm-hmm. include Texans Children's Hospital, shout out. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was a really great panel to listen to. And again, 
fighting the stigma that video games are just violent and negative have negative impacts on people but they really can be helpful and beneficial to our mental health too kind of sad i missed that one uh i don't remember what i was doing i think i was just busy working <laughs> hey that was me for like half of the sessions i put on the schedule so <laughs> i'm looking at the the ones I, I i looked at and just trying to see which ones i remember being really interesting well here i'm i'm upset i missed the watch us re recreate video game sounds Oh, yeah, I did watch that for a bit. I think I caught most of it. Um, I don't remember the panelist's name. I'm bad at that. It's on the schedule, but I don't have it on here. But he was recreating the one of the cloud, one of clouds fight scenes from Final Fantasy seven remake. Uh, I believe it's the first one where he fights the dude with the bike. Oh, 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 God. Or one of those. No, 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 uh, don't, I don't, don't remember his name. He's my, he's my favorite. Yeah, so it was that fight, and he just like threw in a bunch of like different sound effects, like an air air gun or like paper or a drum falling, a barrel of oil falling into the ocean or something like that. And they were all sounds that people in the Discord gave him, and he just like listened to it briefly, and then he'd throw it into the audio, and he'd fix it up so it sounds really good. He didn't get to finish because he only had a thirty minute panel, but I mean. In sure. those 30 minutes, he did a phenomenal job of mixing all those different random noises into this fight scene, and it actually sounded really cool. It was Roche. His name was Roche. The the guy he's fighting, Claude's fighting? Yes, yes. Yeah. So I believe that was the fight scene, because um, I remember it from when you were streaming it. I haven't gotten to that part in the game, but yeah, I remember that scene. So yeah, he was recreating that scene with all the all the different random noises, and it was really cool. I'm really upset I missed that one because <laughs> because i i come from a music background so sound music that kind of stuff real I, I like listening to that kind of thing and then knowing he did the final fantasy 7 remake uh with rose mm. oh, the fomo is real <laughs> what's another one well i mean speaking of music i did catch the triforce quartet on saturday that's another week. one I was mm -hmm. upset I missed. I saw yeah. your message in our Discord in our Discord server for the podcast after the fact, and I was like, I, "You can't see me, uh, listeners." I'm I'm like slumping in my chair because I'm ups I'm like sad. <laughs> yeah, it was probably one of the best like orchestra performances I've seen. Um, it wasn't in like an orchestra setting or anything. They were just playing like in a a sound studio in their basement or something. But I mean. Those guys are super, super talented. They, I think they, they said they actually recreate those music uh, sheets. They don't actually use the actual music sheet. They kind of like remake their own medley of uh, all these different Zelda or video game tracks. And I mean, a lot of it was just pure nostalgia. Uh, they played yeah. so many different Zelda um, songs that you'd recognize from the games. But, I mean, they didn't just play Zelda. They also did Chrono Trigger, which I've played a bit. And, I mean, it's still an amazing music score. Hollow Knight, I've played really great music score as well. And then they were like, Hollow Knight was, was going to be their last performance, but everybody in the Discord chat was like, Encore, Encore. So then they decided to do a Pokemon, uh, the, the Pokemon theme song? theme song medley as the Encore, <laughs> and it was great. That's amazing. And this was all on... Um, string instruments like they, they they didn't have they had i okay i'm not 
really good with instrument names, but I believe they had three violins or violas. I'm not sure. And one cello, right? <laughs> I mean, it's a quartet. Yeah, so it's I would quartet. assume. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just really, really cool um, seeing how they recreate this music, right? Yeah. And they also had some guest music artists. One guy played, I don't remember what instrument it was, but he said it was like a, a MIDI saxophone. And it just looks so strange. And I was like, what is that? But I'm going to look it up. MIDI, a MIDI or mini? MIDI. So it was like a wooden ceramic saxophone. Um, so it wasn't like a classical brass saxophone with but it could convert sound into midi files so it sounded like an 8-bit saxophone if that makes sense it's a very specific instrument i don't know what the name is um but that's what he said it did and the other guy the was playing <laughs> the images that came up look like vapes <laughs> yeah it kind of <laughs> did look like a vape um like a really big one <laughs> yeah yeah yep yep that's what it looks like okay. an aerophone that's what it is. Aerophone. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Interesting, interesting instrument. Um, they also had a guy playing, I guess it was an electric guitar, but it looked like it was made out of wood. And I, I don't know. I don't know. It was very blurry. Like the video wasn't the greatest, but Aww. their audio was like splot on. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Great group of guys. Uh, they talked for a bit about all their different medleys they created and all the events they've been to. Um, and they were like, oh, this is probably one of the strangest ways we've had an, a concert. But I mean, COVID and everything. They were all wearing masks while they're performing, too. I was like, oh, wow, good for you guys. Good for you guys. I don't know why it's maybe like I'm going to mention it, but I was at the office today and I, as I was getting my lunch, all, you know, heated up and everything. Uh, the Houston Symphony played in front of people for the first time today yesterday at the office <laughs> not at the office I, I would so be there but <laughs> no uh at the houston symphony uh okay I, they just reported on it like oh the houston symphony finally played for the first time in front of people mm. and i was just like yay <laughs> concerts <laughs> and shows yeah oh man i'm sad i missed that if it's the same group that i saw i want to say it was Sand japan 2017 maybe i mean you could look them up on uh spotify they have a bunch of spotify songs they heard yeah i probably will because i missed out i missed yeah. out <laughs> very well done yeah very well done um yeah. what's another notable panel i saw well i was gonna kind of jump into uh, whenever i went through the schedule i noticed a pattern in the stuff i was putting on the schedule a lot of stuff dealt with diversity equity and inclusion Mm -hmm. and mental health and music it's crazy i don't again i said this last time but i don't know if these types of discussions were on the agenda for previous pax cons definitely there not was, there was definitely a plethora of them you know there was one i'm trying to look at the exact titles like we're here we're queer now what lgbtq in the industry mm -hmm. and that was a very candid conversation between five women and they were all, I don't know what I was trying to say, diverse group. And they all talked about the games that they were working on and the games they play where they were either predominantly produced by LGBTQ community or um, start, not start, um, like main characters were LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, I didn't realize that, you know, they, they also talked about the struggle of finding a good community within gaming. You know, like they had, they couldn't, they felt like they couldn't like get along with, I guess, hetero community. So then they had to kind of stick together mm-hmm. in their own community within a community, which is, I think is really sad. I mean, they found empowerment in it, but it's just like, damn, we're still there where we're not being inclusive of everybody and accepting their differences and embracing them. So that was just a lot of those panels. And there was one about, you know, uh, race diversity. We sat in on a model minority about Asian discourse. And it's just crazy to me. There are groups of people who are still not feeling like they belong, even though they're in a community with kinship, you know, gaming. Mm -hmm. Or even being stereotyped, too. I realized that was a really big uh, conversation in the the model minority one where Asians mm-hmm. get stereotyped for mm-hmm. for the stuff they they get stereotyped for. Yeah, and tokenism too was another key and a key like a a re- recurring theme in the model minority panel as well as what was the one no because like the women were getting pretty passionate and rightfully so because they were talking about you know how to portray black women. And not base it off of one person or what you think a black person would act like in a video game. Or I'm not like one girl. She was very, very vocal about this. She was she was saying, I am not a side character. Stop making me a side character to check off a box. And I was just like, oh, girl. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's just trying to be more eye opening with how we produce content, produce games. And so. Yeah, I, there was a lot of that that I watched anyway. <laughs> a lot of the ones I watched were about um, how to improve communities or because we're working on this podcast now, right? And I was just curious what other people who have gone through podcasts or Twitch streams or YouTubers kind of like how to build a community, how to keep it going. Um, so I, I attended one that was called How Community is Changing the Face of Gaming. Um, like how a community uh, uh, the panels for this one were a bunch of community managers for different kinds of forums so it's kind of interesting to know how they manage their communities a lot of it is listening to the people who are in there and kind of helping their fans kind of understand what's going on giving updates on where everything's going and how to interact with their their community basically to kind of the more interaction they had with the community the more it grew so i mean it was pretty interesting listening to that and then i watched another one about small streamers the road from 1000 to a million and it was a bunch of big name streamers now on how they built their communities uh from just a few people watching them on youtube or twitch to a couple thousand every day yeah that was a really good discussion you know giving advice on how to get started and then once you get a little bit of traction, they still gave advice. You know, one guy said, this is a job. This is not your life. Mm-hmm. Take breaks and watch your mental health. So it was really good to hear them advocate that message. And I think there was another one called with podcasting, proving your tabletop. You made problems. it up. Maybe I did. <laughs> oh, one that I thought was pretty interesting that I caught was the the introverts guy to online networking wanted to watch that i could not <laughs> find the vod on twitch the next day <laughs> it's on there you just gotta kind of skip I, through I, all of I it did. It, it takes a while i 
anyway, <laughs> please, please show, show forth. <laughs> so in that one, it was a lot of different people who run uh, either their their game designers or artists or music um, composers, and they kind of gave a brief overview of how they kind of I don't know how to how they deal with their introvertedness when they they try to network with people, right? And some of the things they did were like tips on how people should communicate with introverts, which I thought was kind of backwards of what I was expecting the panel to be. Um, they're like how, talking about ways introverts they prefer people. <laughs> yeah, I thought it would be how introverts communicate, but a lot of it was more how they would like people to communicate with them. <laughs> I think it goes um, both ways. It, it goes both ways. But I mean, it was just interesting. Um, so one of them said, I would rather have people when they ask for a meeting, tell me exactly how many minutes the meeting is going to be because, oh, let's meet for a few minutes is different from, hey, let's meet for 15 minutes, right? Because 15 minutes is quantified. So they know exactly how much time I mean, it's going to be. Whereas if you say a few minutes, you don't know how long a few minutes to them versus what you think a few minutes is. I've run into situations where even if you quantify the meeting by the minutes, yeah, it right. still turns into right. <laughs> much but longer. Once it, once it gets to 15 minutes, these people who, they because they're busy, obviously, so they, they're saying, like, once it gets to 15 minutes, you'll try to, like, you know, stop it if you can, because, like, oh, hey, it looks like, you know, it's been 15 minutes, I gotta go to another thing or whatever, and when it has a quantified amount, it's easier for introverts to get out of it you know or sometimes it's specific for them though because it's like people who want to work with them so right and i guess on the reversal of that uh i i've been because i'm an introvert and i've been told from my side if someone asks me oh can we meet or can we talk i need to give the quantifying like i've only got 15 minutes hmm. so yeah. that i set the boundary mm-hmm but who's to say that person will really truly honor 15 minutes? So. Yeah, right. But it, it was a, a lot of little tips there um, on how to deal with online networking or networking in person. Did for they introvert. give examples of what online networking looks like or what it is? Is it? Mm -hmm. okay. So that wasn't what I was expecting at all. <laughs> okay, that's what I would have wondered. Like, how, where are you going for online networking? I mean, yeah, a lot of it was just like how they deal with people at cons, how they... Um, deal with people online that kind of thing uh, or how they deal with people on like twitter stuff like that so i feel like i'm, I'm a better online networker than i am in person mm -hmm. i should have been on that panel <laughs> 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 i'm looking at you pax <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they they definitely had like i mean they all shared their social media at the end kind of twitter instagram that, that was one thing I noticed about all the, the PAX panels is at the end, they always gave five minutes to each of the panelists to kind of talk about how you can reach them, how you can uh, oh, that's, message I think them. That's pretty standard or, across the board for cons, conferences, and even seminars and webinars. Yeah, but I mean, it was more apparent here because I thought it was funny because like roughly about, you know, five, four or five minutes before it ends, the host or the moderator for the panel would say the exact same words they're like hey i'll give you a few minutes to kind of share your social media or where they can reach you if you have any questions or if they want to talk to you and it literally sounded the same across the board it's rehearsed. at roughly the same time and i was like was that all rehearsed like what's going on <laughs> at least they didn't spend half of the panel just talking about themselves instead of the topic 
That is true. That is true. I am pointing fingers at the science of goosebumps, music and gaming. So we watched or tuned in for that one. I love how neither of us checked it. <laughs> yeah. I was half paying attention at that point. <laughs> because, I mean, I, I like learning about new people and the panelists and what they've done. I, I'm not against that. You know, the, take the few minutes to talk about what you're doing, how to reach you, whatever. However, the moderator started with this, which is fine, but allowed everyone to spend much longer than they needed to to introduce themselves. Yeah, I think um, everybody had about like, 10 minutes and then as qua pointed out while we were listening did he just ask as the first question tell me more (laughs) about what you're working on (laughs) and then he himself was shamelessly promoting his his like upcoming projects that had nothing to do with the science of goosebumps music and gaming i was expecting to hear so this group of people they were berkeley music students okay cool so what did you learn in your studying of music that got you to this, to like to your current career path? You know, wh- the different projects that you're working on, what, what kind of passion, what kind of technical stuff goes into that? The one thing I learned was the, the one woman on the panel, Uyanga? I think so. <laughs> Uyanga? So she's a singer, is what I gathered at first. And then... Qua found that she is actually she's more of a vocalist and if you're wondering about the whenever you play a like a what kind of game would it be i don't know like a, i don't know skyrim, Diablo 3, skyrim, or skyrim. those those very operatic female voices that kind of just like it's kind of it's like they're swaying in the wind it's like, and it's like oh <laughs> <laughs> something so like that this this woman does that kind of music and i was more interested to hear her sing than to listen to the panel <laughs> so, yeah anyway. she has quite a bit of videos on youtube of like just different vocals that she's done for different things um she worked on mulan uh mm-hmm. she worked on league of legends i think she said that was, that was um, her first major project yeah yeah she worked on league of legends so i mean she worked on a lot of big name movies and video games so if you ever hear a woman vocalizing Vocalizing. (laughs) that's that's really likely that it's her um, especially in the video game and movie industry because now that i heard her i don't think i can unhear that that voice (laughs) think of now when i hear like when i try to think about what it sounded like i'm i hear demon slayer yeah i wouldn't be surprised if uh (laughs) I don't think it's like, her because the vocal tone is not her, but I mean, similar type of yeah, work. Very yeah. similar. And it's very unique to her because um, I have no idea what she's singing. She puts in like random words in there. <laughs> like, it's a bunch of vowels. Yeah, it's a bunch of vowels and she does it so well and it just sounds great. So, yeah, and you can show off your vocal range there too. I mean, it, for the most part, it kind of stayed in the same register, but then there was one part where she like soared up in the stratosphere, and I was like, oh, girl, go off. So we listened to that instead of watching the panel. So, (laughs) yes, definitely. (laughs) So, obviously, we've been talking a lot about panels that have messages to them, you know, diversity, mental health. There were some nerdy things too. I want to get, because this is a video game conference too. And my one nerdy thing is I watched the speed run of Super Mario Bros. 2 and 3. How was that? 
I mean, is it, it, it was like watching a regular like speedrunner on Twitch. I, I I wanted to tune into this one because Super Mario Bros. Three is my favorite. On the Super yeah, Nintendo. fair, fair. And I mean, I was half paying attention because I was also playing Fall Guys at the same time. You were doing your own speed run. <laughs> sure, why not? I got a crown that night. I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah. But and then I think that was the only nerdy thing I did. Is it? I'm looking at the list right now. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I feel like the I wanted to sit in on the Zelda Universe Presents and Musical History of Zelda. However, I was also playing Fall Guys and their audio was really low, so it's hard for me to really catch what they were saying. You didn't heard, miss much. I heard bits and pieces of the Zelda music and I heard my favorite from Link to the Past and I was like, yeah. yeah. They had like a... So I didn't play all the Zelda games, but I do recognize a lot of the songs, but I don't know their names. So whenever they mentioned songs in that one, I just, I was like, what did you say? I have no idea what song you're talking about. And then they played it. I was like, oh, that song. Yeah, that was a good song. Oh, yeah, that um, one. <laughs> yeah. And they were like analyzing which ones were like, you know, top five, top 10 kind of thing. And I, I was just uh, like, that sounds like something I, we would do on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that does remind me talking about our podcast. I did catch the panel that night. The most wait, was it that one? Yes. The most influential video games of the past decade. And I felt like that I, I was basically listening to our our podcast because the Aww. format was so similar. <laughs> what were some standout games that caught your eye on that list? There was one that they like two of them said were like absolutely their number one most influential video game of the past decade was Talos Principle. And I I oddly enough, I've never actually heard of it. So I had to look it up. Uh, it's like a puzzle game but the world is like very pretty and you kind of like it's like an rpg but with puzzle and i i'm not quite sure what it is just yet and i was considering getting it or at least watching a let's play of it just to kind of get an idea of why the panelists thought it was like most influential game um in the past decade it's not even an old game it's like about five years ago is when it came out uh it's on steam and so I definitely want to like check it out because it looked interesting to me. Uh, a couple of the standout ones that they did talk about: Bioshock Two was a was one of them. Uh, Mass Effect. I always get those two mixed up, but they're totally yeah, different. me too. They're very similar to me, but I mean, like one's about in space, and when the other one is yeah. about like I don't even know what to like. Bioshock is something different. But what else did they say? Last of Us. The Last of Us was on there, not the second one, but the first the one. The first one. Another one that I thought was very funny was uh, they put Pokemon Go as one of the most influential I did, video games. You know, I think I was passively listening to this one because I remember seeing Pokemon Go and I was just like, yeah. what? oh, my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, they didn't say it was like a great game, but it was more like the, the, the effect, impact, yeah. the impact of it on the gaming community. Because um, a lot of people... it. it it made a community basically a lot of people when they though i i still remember those first like two or three weeks when it came out and i went out to, with my friends to go you know catch pokemon everywhere around town it was a good workout it was in the summer it was hot and it was a lot of fun i have a lot of good memories from those two or three weeks i played i do not <laughs> I, I never played it i my the guy i was dating at the time he basically was so focused on this game like he never he like stopped texting me stopped calling me hey and every battery counts when you're trying to catch pokemon well and then whenever i would come visit because we only saw each other like once a month when i would come visit that was all he would talk about and, I just, and then he would be on his phone while he's driving 
like he's the one driving and i'm just like okay stop it give me your phone and he's like can you can can you just i'm gonna drive by this polka stop can you just <laughs> i ended up being like a like a secretary pokemon go person <laughs> yeah yeah and then the panelists all had like different pokemon go stories too and i one was he actually bought a house based on a pokemon he found and i thought that was so funny my jaw just dropped viewers oh no viewers listeners because he was looking for a bulbasaur and he was also shopping for houses and the house that he was currently looking at all of a sudden he opened up his phone and there was a bulbasaur on the front step so he bought that house <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, um, yeah i think i mean i to their credit the makers of Pokemon Go, it was kind of like a first look at augmented reality. Yes. And that definitely would change the landscape of gaming and you know, different areas. Like in California, we, his neighborhood had a lot of grass type Pokemon. But whenever we went to the beach, I would just be laying out and reading a book and then he would go stroll up and down the coast and find all these water Pokemon. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's really cool. I will give it credit for that. I just, I was just, me being the hipster, I'm just like, ah, overrated, yeah. mainstream. And Niantic, <laughs> the, the company who makes Pokemon Go, uh, they've always, they've kept updating it, and apparently it's, like, even better than when it first came out, and it's got way more Pokemon, and they've also adopted more remote, kind of, like, at-home features, because everybody's at home and not going out and about catching Pokemon. So um, now Team Rocket apparently flies to you in a balloon. Um, hopefully it's a Meowth balloon, because I think that would be very funny and related <laughs> to the anime. Prepare for trouble. <laughs> yeah. Make the devil. <laughs> yeah, so that that's really cool of them to kind of like help everybody who still wants to like play the game, but does, doesn't have the ability to go outside and find Pokestops and stuff. So that was one of the things I got from that panel that that was really cool. And like I said, they had like a list of games and it was very similar to how we do our podcasts. And everybody on that panel had multiple podcasts. I think I talked to Siri about this. Nine collectively. Believe, there's like four of them, right? Or five. And they had nine or ten collective podcasts between all of them. Uh, and some of them have like starred or guest podcast guested in each other's podcast. Guest so that's starred, how they guest, guest featured. Starred. Yeah, in each of their podcasts. So that's how they kind of like knew each other from the podcast community. Um, and they're just really cool characters. And I'll definitely have to check out their podcast too because they they, they were really funny, very, very good, well-spoken. And they had a lot of great personality and thoughts about different games. I wish I would have paid more attention to it, but... Hey, you got a crown though. I did. I did. It was great. It was great. Oh my yeah. god! Uh, just a side note, I was we were pl I was playing with my sister, her boyfriend, and one of her friends, and <laughs> this is the first time we're all playing Fall Guys after the new update where they added more obstacles to the current levels and stages. And so, her friend was we were on. He was the last one of our team to make it to the final round, and it was Fall Mountain, and there was a bunch of Yidis hammers everywhere. And even at the end where the crown is, so he he would have won, but he didn't get it. And then he tried again three more times and kept missing the crown. Ooh, feels bad. We were all screaming. We're like, oh my god, get it, get it, get it. <laughs> but, I definitely feel that though. I've I've missed a couple of jumps in the first round. Siri knows. <laughs> I definitely need to switch to a controller. Um, 
the you need mouse and to. Key- it's mouse so and keyboard easier. doesn't cut it. Doesn't cut and it. And they've added more obstacles, so you hella need it. Yeah, yeah. Controller. Mouse and keyboard definitely doesn't cut it. So yeah. Oh, so you want to be a hero? The cosplay one hundred and one. We both checked out. We don't have a note for it. I just remember it because it was. Uh, I remember you telling me one of oh, them had a really okay. cool cosplay. Yes. So this one was really great for beginners of cosplay. Cosplayers begin. Hmm. Beginner. Cosplay beginners. Beginner. Yeah, cosplay beginners. Thank you. This is a great panel for cosplay beginners. Hence the title, Cosplay One Hundred and One. Kind of just a high level overview of what goes into cosplay, how different approaches you can take, and you know they were really reassuring that. A cosplay doesn't have to be super detailed and high tech or anything like that. It's all they made it really about the creativity, the passion, the hard work that you put into it. You know, it's your vision, you bring it to life. And they gave tips on what types of tools, you know, sewing kits or the <laughs> the one guy on the panel, he was just like, Do not mix these two chemicals. I repeat, do not, it will explode. Yeah. And I was just like, damn, cosplay dangerous. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I really appreciate it because I'm a closet cosplayer. Not that I'm in the closet. It's just like I raid my closet and try to put stuff together. And they said that's okay. You know, but obviously there are people who are a lot more skilled and talented with a sewing machine, which is definitely not me. And Mm -hmm. the cosplay that I sent Qua, one of the panelists, she did a really great Winifred from Hocus Pocus. Like, there was one photo that was on the screen that I was just like, I did a double take because I thought it was the actual actress. <laughs> and I was just like, that is so legit. That is so legit. So I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. They're a, a really fun uh, bunch of cosplayers too. Like they're all friends and uh, yeah. they had a lot of great ideas and they bounced off each other's ideas. So, and I looked up all their Instagrams just to see what kind of cosplays they've done. And oh man, they are all so talented. Um, yeah. They make their own costumes. Um, a lot of them uh, do their own armor. Some of them do like crazy ball gowns. Um, they're all really good at yeah, makeup as girl. well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Is that the panel where the guy decided to attach a wig to his head? I think he did that or he did a spray paint. I'm not sure. Like he was doing it live just to kind of like demonstrate how to do a wig. And I was like, what? <laughs> if he did, I missed it. I don't know how I think I you were. It. Yeah, I don't know. I think you were probably working or something, but that was that was pretty funny. Um, and they were all showing off their tools and organization. I oh, think no. At one point. Was that the panel? Am I wrong? No, because I definitely made notes about one of those things. Um, maybe it's the projects, plays, and pandemics one. Maybe it was the right. cause planning. Cause planning? Oh, yes. That, that's the one. We that's went the one to where... multiple cosplay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we went to multiple cosplay ones because I was looking for tips on taking photography but i mean that's not gonna be the same i just wanted to see what cosplayers had to say about how they design their cosplays i think one of them they did talk about like photographers where it's like it's okay for you to go up and take pictures just make sure you ask and all that kind of stuff yeah but that's pretty standard for yeah. even just if you're not a professional photographer yeah that cost planning one it broke down the process like the beginning the middle and the end of a project and yes. as Qua mentioned tips on how to stay organized with your fabrics and your beads or something like some girl talked about how she has drawers of stuff and then she watched maria kondo and then learned how to (laughs) right efficiently pack her 
<laughs> fabrics and things. She's like, oh, oh yeah. I can apply this to fabrics instead of shirts. <laughs> yeah. And then some of them had sketchbooks where they actually plan out and draw their cosplays before they even start building them. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, damn, y'all are so dedicated. I love it. I wish mm-hmm. I had, you know, that kind of motivation and a space to do that. They did recommend you need to have a dedicated space for it. Yeah. But between those two cosplay panels, I definitely learned a lot. And I learned a lot about how much work goes into just even one cosplay for them. Right. And one of them, I remember her saying that she was still, she was playing on something for two years and she's still not done with it because she's just slowly building parts of the cosplay and she has like a vision for it and it's still not there yet. And did she say what it was or was she keeping that a secret? She was keeping it a secret, but she did say a lot about like electronics she had to buy to kind of complete the cosplay. And I was like, damn, this must be a, a really crazy cosplay. So um, and a lot of them are really well known as well. Like I remember one of them. I don't remember her name because I'm bad with names, but I recognize her cosplay on like League of Legends websites and stuff. So. Uh, of course. Yeah. Oh, but, is it the oh, it was her name isn't Vicky, is it? No. Yes, it was. Vicky okay. Bunny Angel. Vicky Bunny Angel, yeah. Um, something like that. And I've I recognized her cosplay from from like League of Legends posts and stuff, and she's really good too. So between those two cosplay panels, I definitely learned a lot. So I don't know if I'll get into cosplay. You still gotta be extent. Shiro. Oh yeah. I'll think about that. <laughs> I'll think about that. <laughs> yeah. I think that about covers it. I mean, unless you wanna that's pretty much all the panels I really wanted to talk about. I did catch the panel right before our podcast recording, the the Geek Trivia. <laughs> it was pretty funny. They basically did like, they had three contestants and they had a bunch of like nerdy topics for Jeopardy, um, kind of like anime and tunes or what is that game or kind of stuff like that. And if you, if the contestant didn't know, the the host would open up to Discord so they each had like their own Discord channel and the Discord would be like their their saving helpline, I guess. So one of them I thought was so funny because it was like this Mega Man character or not this Mega Man like character with quirky Mega Busters is also known as Proto Man. No. Who is Proto Man? <laughs> no. Who is Bakugo? Because they had like quirky bolded and it was like very it was very like it was very obvious that the quirk part was important to the okay well if i had seen the word quirk i might have gotten it right right but i just thought it was funny and the contestant he knew right away which anime it was from but he was like what is my hero academia but then he realized that wasn't what the The question was supposed to be (laughs) and then he was like but wait (laughs) There's the, more. There's more. And the host was like, nope, you can't do it. You got it wrong already. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So that game show was pretty funny. Um, They had a bunch oh, of other ones, too. I, I kind of um, want to go back and watch the VOD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, And then they were like, at one point, because they don't have beepers, they were like, ding, ding, ding. They had to say ding, ding, ding. And the, oh, my God. Uh, had to decide <laughs> who was the one who said it first. Um, so they would have arguments over the rules. Like, did that count? Like, <laughs> did that count? Do they? I get lagged. That? I <laughs> lagged. Or um, uh, at one point, two of them, like one person had said, oh, 
instead of ding 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 and then said ding 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 and then the person in the middle who hadn't said anything was the judge of who was the one who had said first right because the host couldn't tell yeah and then if like if they if they got help from discord it'd be like half points only something like that so that Mm -hmm. was pretty fun um i watched only a bit of it but i mean the bakugo moment was really funny because he was like but wait there's more (laughs) (laughs) Uh, because he knew he screwed up so so yeah i did catch that and i'm really excited for the DD campaign that's coming up in 40 minutes so speaking of so obviously this recording is kind of in the middle of PAX Online. There are a couple of days left. Uh, what are we going to be tuning into after we record slash post this? No, I mean, I still record. have to look at the schedule. <laughs> oh, you haven't looked at this weekend? No. Did I, I put all these by myself? Well, damn. Those are all yours. I am so it ambitious, up. y'all. Like straight from 12.15 all the way to 10 o'clock. <laughs> okay, well, let, let me. <clears throat> I'm going to look at it while you're you're talking. So. Yeah. Uh, I'll go through each one. I mean, I'm not, I don't remember what the the exact descriptions are, but so this Saturday, I want to listen in on women in gaming, the ABCs of community building, and then Child's Play. Uh, they're doing a charity or something like that. It's like Gamers Give Back. And then there's a, another history of The Legend of Zelda. So I'll definitely try and tune in for this one. <laughs> And then there's one called Not Your Therapist, Managing Mental Health and Streaming, which I think is very relevant right now. A lot of streamers are feeling, you know, their mental health is declining. So I think this would be a good one to listen to. And then after that is Nerdy People of Color. And then to close out Saturday, Soundtrack Scramble, the Game Music Arrangement Challenge. I don't know what's going to happen in that one, but it has to do with music. So I wanted to tune in. And then Sunday. Wait, wait, wait. Before you start on Sunday, can I talk about Saturday for me? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because I I was looking at it. I was like. Oh, I thought you were saying you were looking at the Excel sheet. I was like, I'm going to tell it to you, but that's fine. (laughs) No. Um, I did see a true history of Jason Statham in video games. And I thought that'd be pretty cool because he's probably one of my favorite action actors. I Um, learned. Yeah. And what? other one did i notice how to make the worst video game adaptations possible i already have like a good idea i saw that one too but i think it conflicted with something i put on the the schedule uh next gen composers is that what you said on your list i don't think that that's the only one what time is that one at that's at 2 30 oh the worst one is at three oh i don't Um, know why that's not on there then yeah there's a couple on here that i'm surprised you didn't put um like what uh, story business ins and outs of a professional game writer in case you were but oh that's during zelda that's why um it's at the end after zelda go you ahead and go that. ahead add those to our excel sheet yeah i'll add them uh after, after. this mm-hmm. yeah and then uh ranking top 10 indie games of all time uh was a pretty interesting one i saw <laughs> there's one that's rated 13 and up thirst unquenched i Sexy saw that one too for the rest of us so i kind of don't want to see it but at the same i kind of do because i'm curious what they have there but because it's 13 plus only (laughs) yeah so mm, i don't know (laughs) i don't know about that one it might be a pass and then why don't you talk about sunday while i'm creeping on the sunday schedule world and possibilities creative and healing power of games yet another uh fighting the stigma that video games are negatively impacting our lives but they can be helpful and then boxed text brawl writing better adventures so there's a writing one in there and then there's a weaving asian stories 
and then I want I don't want to mispronounce this because I don't know how people pronounce it. is BIPOC Black Indigenous people of color. There's room for all of us. And then how to fund your video game. I'm not making video games, but it would just be interesting to know. <laughs> oh, you're not going to check out empowerment through games and animation. What time was that one? 7:30. Oh, I guess because I had this how to fund your video game. That one starts mm-hmm. at 7:45. I mean, I think the empowerment one sounds more exciting well then why don't you watch that one and i'll watch how to fund your video game okay. <laughs> and then the last one is saving history with the video game history foundation that's at the same time as how to fund your video game <laughs> oh my god you're right yeah okay see? i don't know what i'm doing clearly yeah there's three at the same time siri uh new games old consoles that's an interesting one i guess it's going to talk about like remakes i bet you final fantasy 7 is going to be in that conversation maybe i should tune into that one (laughs) (laughs) actually no it should have been old games new consoles right so i don't know what new games old consoles mean yeah there's a bunch of dnd campaigns here another penny arcade q a probably with mike and jerry again oh man those two are like just such characters if you tune into the the D thing after this uh you'll definitely get to see their characters because oh man those two <laughs> those two like you would think they don't get along because their personalities are very different mike is a bit of a comedic guy he's very sarcastic he makes a lot of off-color jokes sometimes um and then jerry is just like this very logical um but he makes a lot of jokes too but it's just personality wise you're like he's very logical kind of guy um like i remember at one point in the q a they were both uh they got asked the question who's the better dad because they're both dads and jerry was like definitely mike i'm boring (laughs) so he recognizes the fact that he he has this like much more reserved personality but he's a very funny guy as well so so yeah that's i don't know what i'm gonna check out yet series list looks interesting uh there's a couple more that i thought she would have on there but she didn't but you can add them for me I'll I was testing you. Her. Make sure yeah, you look at the schedule. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm on top of it, right? For you are, you, know, you are Saturday through Friday. I I put in all my stuff, and you even tuned into ones that I put on there, and I don't think you realized I had put it there. Hey, it's on the list, so I'm gonna check it yeah. out. Yep. So, yeah, that pretty much wraps up our conversation on Pax Online. Actually, I want to talk about like what you think of it. I think they've got a lot of great topics. Great, mm-hmm. like some of them overlap in content and uh, themes, but there's so many different perspectives that you can offer, especially the ones with like diversity and mental health, you know, taking care of yourself, that kind of thing. Everyone is different and they get to provide their thoughts and insight on it. Mm-hmm. And I like that it's not just about video games only. It kind of, there's a lot of sense of community in a lot of these sessions and there's even ones about community how to build a community and all that stuff so i like that pax is bringing all of us together this way and i think it's really well done i mean it's it's done through twitch i feel like that's pretty i mean they had audio issues but i mean with remote and everything um i can't really blame them but they always like got it fixed like pretty pretty fast so yeah uh, they always had mods uh, monitoring all the different chat channels to see what's going on and mm-hmm. all the moderators did a great job. Oh, there is a panel. Oh, was it on Sunday I saw it? I missed it earlier. But it's basically about uh, mods <laughs> uh, and how they are like the hidden secret heroes. to success heroes, yeah. the unsung heroes of streaming and all these like online no, communities. 
they seriously are and i don't know what that panel talked about specifically but in my stream, oh no it's they... not it's coming up it's not oh, it's coming up okay i don't know what's yep. going to be discussed on that panel but mm -hmm. i can definitely attest to that when i was streaming i had a lot of great mods one of them being qua here supporting my channel and then when i was in la before i met qua joe was a really great he's not I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but Joe, if you're listening, you you were a wonderful, wonderful mod and friend. Unsung and hero. Supporter. Yeah. I remember the day I assigned him as a mod. I was collaborating with a um, VR studio and I was doing my, I was doing, it was a Valentine's Day stream and I was performing, I was playing guitar and singing. Trolls decided to stop in and like start posting hateful messages and spam. And I didn't know anybody of my current roster of mods who could have done anything they weren't online so i was like joe you're gonna be a mod and he was like uh he like jumped right in he was great he was great so anyway oh i didn't know that yeah what a hero <laughs> <laughs> what a hero uh, but yeah that panel is on sunday at three uh central time so oh, i might so we're gonna that. I might is that the same time as the weaving Asian stories? I think that's why I didn't bring it up because I knew you were going to check out the, the Asian Oh, you're going to have two at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I think that one's going to be from perspective of moderators, maybe. I don't know, but I haven't looked at it. It might be a good mix to have streamers and mods. Yeah. So, uh, but definitely that one really big on moderators. And PAX definitely has really great moderators. They They made sure all the chats were, you know, safe. I remember seeing some very bad language, I guess, in the Discord chats in one of the panels I was at, and it got removed right away. Um, so really good job on them. Uh, PAX did a really good job on setting up all the panels and all the schedules and stuff. It's kind of hard when you have three different Twitch channels and stuff, but their their team is doing a, a great a con job. con expanding a week over a week long too Dude, it's like 20 i, I think they they advertise it as 24 9 because it's over nine days and they, it goes on all 24, 24 hours Four hours so they've got team members in all parts of the world trying to manage this and it's all done remotely too which is crazy um some of these panels are done through zoom some of them are done through discord so i mean just a phenomenal job yeah, on their part applause applause to pax yeah you guys are killing uh, it we we attended Crunchyroll last week, and I feel like that one, since it was like one of their first times doing an expo at all, because I don't think they've had too many Crunchyroll expos, and their team is much smaller than PAX. So the quality between this and PAX, who's like more experienced at conventions, is just like a lot different. So I'm um, not saying that Crunchyroll did a bad job or anything. I did they I think they did a a great job. It's just PAX just does it very clean. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah, um, I got you. Yeah, great job on PAX. Um, can't wait to see what they have for the future. Yeah, hopefully hopefully COVID will end soon and we can go to PAX live. January cause... 2021. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty soon. <laughs> I think tickets are supposed to be available. I think I got mine. I think it was around this time. Like It was either October or September when I got my PAX self tickets. So... I don't know. They haven't said anything on the schedules just yet. Uh, so we'll stay tuned. Maybe we'll be at PAX out. Once again, yeah. great job, PAX. I love the panels. I love the organization. Everything is super high quality, like production-wise with the commercials and ads and the different types of people you're bringing together. The so. merch. No, don't. 
don't. <laughs> so I showed, uh, really just quick side note, I showed Siri all the, the PAX merch. They had like these really comfy looking hoodies and sweatpants. Sweatpants. Oh, you're talking sleeve. to a girl who just lives in sweatpants and a, a, like an oversized sweater. I'm literally wearing one as we're recording. Man, they were really well designed and they looked comfy too. So I mean, I was very tempted. But yeah, anyways, we're going to end the podcast right there. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks you got yeah, thanks for listening. Uh thank you, Pax, for having a great convention. Uh can't wait to see the rest of it this weekend. And Quan Siri out. Mm-hmm.